Let's go. Okay. Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. How are you today? Jeff, I'm great. What's new with you? I'll tell you, it's been a busy season. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on here at JFED. A like, lot of stuff. Every week there's been different speakers and, you know, different. We had award ceremony for some of the Holocaust art and poetry winners. That was great because it was students writing poems and doing art. And it, all their teachers were very, very supportive of what they the, were doing. Holocaust education is very important, and especially when it comes from the teachers voluntarily to the students. And some of the poems were just amazing. Yeah, who, have you, brought, who have you brought with us today? Uh, well, I didn't, it, mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. But. It's okay, but it leads us into our topic today because Pam Price was one of the supporters of the art and oh. poetry contest. Welcome. This is Pam Price. She's a travel and food writer. Uh, supporter of many charities here in the Valley, and just all-around amazing woman. Well, Pam, thank you for joining us today. I hope that uh, I hope that we have a good dialogue about travel and food. I like food. I, I like, like travel. I like to travel. <laughs> uh, what brings you to the Coachella Valley? Well, for the third time, I was uh, involved with the essay contest, which is art and poetry and. It was on hold for three years. So when I got the call, I you know I, I said, absolutely, I would support it. And uh, that is a new chapter opening, you know, for, uh, I think for all of us because things have changed and the teachers and the schools have been very cooperative and I'm really glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you for being a part of it. The, the program that Leslie Peppers put together uh, has been phenomenal to be able to engage people, teachers and students, on educating them about the Holocaust. I thank you for your participation in that. But I really want to get down deep into who you are as a person and how you ended up here in the Coachella Valley. Why are you here? Why are you in my office? It was an accident. Why, why am I talking to you? <laughs> well, uh, I ended up in uh, in California after attending, you're not going to believe this, I went to a uh, Southern Baptist girls school in Missouri and uh, my roommate lived in San Diego so she invited me out to spend a like a week in those days if you took a plane you stayed wherever you were for like six years and I didn't leave and I just fell in love with the whole area I saw Palm Springs in 1962 you could there, there was like little trails going into Palm Springs and I just fell in love with it and here I am you know 60 years later so how does a good Jewish girl get schooled in a Southern Baptist school, Christian school? It was a complete accident. Oh. <laughs> but in those days, they had, uh, they had quotas on pe you know, people. This was a girl's school. And my father said, if you want to go away to school, if you can't find a girl's school, you have to stay at the University of Minnesota. I wasn't staying there one more day. It's cold. Yeah, absolutely it's cold. <laughs> well, you know you're from Idaho. I'm from Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska, that's right. Nothing wrong with Idaho, no, but I'm not no, from absolutely. there. No, absolutely. They've got marvelous hamburgers there. And um, In yeah. Idaho? Good hamburgers oh, yeah. in Idaho? Kosher ones, I take it. Well, I would suppose so. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up here, and uh, I've seen the desert grow dramatically since 1962. And, uh, and I found that the... Uh, 
the Jewish Federation is a multifaceted organization. I've never seen anything like it. In my day, you, you would not never get like a, a whole newspaper, you know, 20 pages on the things that are going on. And the Federation has been extremely innovative, I have found. And uh, I have to, it, it takes a, person, a special person to keep in, in touch with everything and everything that you cover. I, in fact, some, some years ago, I gifted um, a painting done by a Holocaust survivor to the, to the um, where they do the social work at some Palm Springs, the office. JFS. And uh, it was done by an artist who survived the Holocaust, and he painted this fabulous uh, painting. It's still there. And the desert's different than any, anywhere else when it comes to uh, Jewish organizations. There's something for everybody here. You can't say that why, why I moved to the desert because it's like a party, three hundred sixty-five. A party and raising money. I've never been invited to a party yet out here. Well, now you will be. I'll put you on my list. Thank you. Who so the, go ahead, Jeff. Who are the, some of the other organizations that you support? I've known you for a long time. <clears throat> I'll tell Alan that I was the speaker when you got the star on the Palm Springs Walk of Stars. I introduced you. I read your bio and all that stuff. We had just gotten to know each other at that point. Yes. Um, what other kind of organizations are you involved with? Um, well, because I've written so many books on spas, um, I've written like nine travel guides to California, six books on spas, and there's going to be a new spa here with the with the uh, I can't even pr- pr- pronounce it. The the spa hotel has put in a a spa that kind of reflects the Native American you know, a background when it comes to the thermal waters. So that brought me here. And uh, I've been, I've done a lot of writing since I've been here after I left Shape Magazine, which was no longer in existence, but I was there for years. And then they pulled the plug on that. So I gradually moved here full time. And oddly enough, a lot of my friends from Minnesota moved here. And one thing led to another. I feel like I'm back in Minnesota. And, you know, the whole Midwest is here. There's quite a, yeah, because there's nobody left in Nebraska. They're all here. <laughs> I know, uh, but I think, I think, Pam, I think you're right that the desert has been a draw for many people from the Midwest, especially those who are tired of the, the cold winters. Uh, Minnesota got a lot of snow this year. So I can imagine people fleeing. I don't have to shovel their driveways to get out, but they probably arrived here. Well, I think they're, you know, the, the minute someone comes to the desert, I get a phone call. But Sun City is now the new Minnesota. I, I, it was really funny. I was doing an article about the windmills uh, for a travel magazine, and it turned out that the guide who was had me in a golf cart with a lot of strange different objects from the desert, I said, you sound like you could be from, he said, Minnesota. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, the people behind us in the golf cart, they're from Minnesota too. That's funny. Uh, but getting back to the work that you do, you are a travel writer. Uh, you're also a food writer. Yes, I was, I was the food critic for the Desert uh, Desert Sun for many years. And uh, my, my um, how would you say, my assistants were both from St. Paul, Minnesota. We went to high school together. And uh, I've just, uh, it was just kind of a maybe born right in me. I never did well in school and math I was exempt because I did some permanent damage to some of the equipment especially math, the what kind of lab. what kind of equipment do you need for math I mean well, calculators they took me out really... of the math class they put me in chemistry and I mixed two items oh, that never should have been mixed that that can happen it's like yeah. having the wrong date on a blind date 
And so I ended up uh, on the school newspaper as the editor. And that was it. I, I get that. So, Jeff, you mentioned that Pam has a star on the in Palm Springs. Yeah, what, the Palm Springs Walk of Stars. What, what? How did you get a star? In? Well, let me put it this way. It had to do with Joey English when she had. It was like three directors ago. But I had walked on... Uh, you know, down on 111, and I saw that there was a star in front of the, um, li- the the Wellwood Murray Library for Cheetah the Chimp. Now, we all know Cheetah the Chimp. So I thought, God, I'd love to have this. This is terrible because it had nothing to do with people. I said, you know, if, if these people can honor Cheetah the Chimp, I wonder if I should be near the Cheetah the Chimp because I'm a big supporter of animals. So the next thing I knew, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I met the, the director. He's no longer that director. And and Jeff was part of that whole scene, and he was the one who introduced me. And, and it was really crazy because that's one of the busiest corners in the city and still is. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't earn it? You just got it? Well, at the time, I was the travel editor at Shape Magazine, and I had written far too many stories about spas and Palm Springs. And so one thing led to another, and uh, Joey English, who's... You know, she's part of desert folklore. She said, you should have a star in Palm Springs. So you you keep writing these articles year after year about Palm Springs. So she said, and I'll arrange it for you. And, you know, you meet a lot of arrangers in the desert. Look at Jeff. And she followed through. Yeah, she followed through on everything. So the idea that you are an advocate and a promoter of Palm Springs, that afforded you the privilege to have a star on the Walk of Stars. Apparently it did. Okay, well that's good. So it's a credible start. Yeah. It's not like so. you just went there and you drew a star. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> it was it was harder to get that star taken care of than it was to apply for college. I mean, they they checked you out from the day you were born. I have to give them credit. So how have you seen the restaurant scene change here? Well, when I moved here, there were like ten restaurants that everybody had been going to for like since like nineteen forty eight, since after World War Two, and just a few of them remained so I interviewed the chefs and the chefs moved around too but I realized that in the in the desert it's not New York it's not LA but there was something for everybody I mean whatever you wanted it was there and a lot of the people who are moving here you know had excellent um, careers in cuisine and wine and everything then they started the the uh, festivals and uh, restaurant week and it was Palm Springs, you know, in the, in the surrounding area, became very popular. You got to know the a small town still. You got to know the chefs if there was like a theme week. Uh, every it was like a party every even in the summer. Which restaurants are still around from that time period? Well, the the one that I think that survived well is Sherman's because it's near the airport and. If you couldn't find some place to meet somebody, if they were new or whatever, you met at Sherman's because everybody knew everybody because they come back, you know, coming back every year. And uh, it was uh, just starting um, with the um, the restaurants that were going towards El Paseo, and some of them, just a few, are still there. But uh, and there was a. Uh, uh, it was at Alberto's. There was a couple of restaurants that had been here for years, and you automatically made a reservation there. They knew who you were, who your mother was, your father. And it was, how can I say, it was the complete opposite of Los Angeles, I think. And you kind of slowly fell in love with it, and 
you know, it broke my heart like to get on the freeway and have to go back to like uh, Westlake Village because Palm Springs had something special. And what do you think, Jeff? I I now love the restaurant scene. When I first came here, you know, I started working for the Palm Springs Bureau of Tourism, and it was really difficult to really promote Palm Springs in the Valley as being a place to dine. Um, but now, you know, we see a lot more Asian cuisine, a lot more Thai food, sushi bars. Um, one of my favorite places that I think was still was there when you moved here was Daily Grill. I love, yeah. I love Daily Grill. Just, I'm a big fan of seafood and, and fresh cuisine. So the Daily Grill on El Paseo, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I've not yet eaten there. Um, well, let's plan a lunch. We, I should, we should do, we should. do that. Yeah. And you got to know the waitresses. I mean, uh, there was a delicatessen on Indian that uh, was there for years that finally closed, but the uh, owners were from L.A. where they had a... a what was the call? I, this is terrible. I can't remember. But it was like uh, going home. I mean, you, you knew the waitresses, the waiters, the families. It was, um, I don't know. I miss that. I miss that era. It seems like there's still a lot of chef-owned restaurants yeah, in the there Valley. Are. Yeah, there are. You know, I think most of the cities, especially like Rancho Mirage, have kind of, and Palm Springs, have kind of kept chain restaurants out of their cities because they just didn't want it to replicate L.A., that's right. That's right. So you've traveled all over the world. Tell us some of the places you've gone. Well, I'll tell you some of the peculiar places I've been to, which is what I write about often. Um, I started my career writing about spas and health resorts around the world, which resulted in a couple of books. But I think for me, the special place in my heart is Izmir, Turkey, where my son really. was born, which I had a wonderful Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, I was in the, I was in the uh, Air Force for a couple of years. The, there, there was a, a feeling there that you, I, I never worried about anything. Everybody got along. It was very peaceful. And if you wanted to go to Athens, where my, my son now lives, you just get on a, a plane mm -hmm. or you take a ferry boat and you went over there to visit all these fabulous, you know, um, sculptures and from history and ancient Greece. And it was like better than being in college. And so that kind of pulled the trigger. So when I got back to the United States, I started writing for medical magazines because I got involved with that, um, uh, all the, because medicine kind of started in, in that part of the world in Greece. And it just uh, never stopped. I ended up as the travel editor for Shape Magazine for eight years. It was no longer being published. But what is, and uh, and I got to understand this this the word the world of spas as it applied to just not just here in the United States, but for example the spa hotel, they're going to be opening up a new spa which I cannot pronounce the name. I'm sorry, it's, it's S E C H dash something something. It means something yeah. in their language. And, Very soon, actually, within the next month, yes. I think. And I'm I'm glad to see that because when my mother had her gift shops in the spa hotel. It was a much different world for spas. You know, you went in and you took the, the bathtubs with the thermal water, but now it's become an art. So one thing led to another, and I wrote, you know, I wrote quite a few books on spas, like that one. You Isn't it terrible someone has to bring all their books? A hundred best spas of the world? Yes. That's it, it, incredible. You've done like five editions of that? Well... <laughs> 
this is kind of embarrassing. I lasted longer than the publisher. I had 11 books with them. And I called one day and they, I think they pulled the plug on their phone. And I said, what happened? <laughs> Where are you? They said, well, no, it has sold it to another company, obviously. But people don't read books like they used to. We don't, we only have that one fabulous bookstore in Westfield. Westfield. It's a, it's a world uh, gone with the wind, so to speak. But the spas remain and so does the water. And they're going to be uh, opening officially, I think, here at the spa hotel on April 4th. And I believe it's, uh, it's a monumental day for the spa world. Well, what a great life to have, travel from spa to spa in different countries and write about it. Do you have, do you have to get into the spa to talk about it, to write about it, or you can just do it from a... Well, I... Oh, let me put it this way. I, um, I love the water. I can't swim. I was thrown out of the YWCA for having to, the lifeguard come rescue me too many times. And he said, he said, Miss Price, I think you should try a different aspect of, you know, swimming. So I started. Did he know you from class. math class? Uh, no, that's a whole nother chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but, so what, what is the difference between, you know, European spas and American spas? The basic difference is, and it says mainly started in East Europe, Switzerland, Austria, is that the water is is thermal water. It comes out of the ground hot, sometimes too hot, and it has certain minerals and different ingredients that are very good for healing. And the one spot I'll never forget, I went to in Czechoslovakia, half the people in the spa were Jewish. Then I went to Hungary, I was, I was uh, with a delegation, and again, I mean, most of the people, they were, were Jewish. So the other and, half were Jewish. Yeah. So half in Czechoslovakia, half in Hungary. Uh, they, uh, but part of Jewish culture in East Europe and in that part yeah. of the world is going to the spa. It's, and, and the thing is that uh, the water is fabulous. It's, there's nothing added to it, but they use it for healing, like rheumatism, uh, aches and pains. And not to say that my family were kvetches. Do you know what that word means, Jeff? Complainers. Uh, <laughs> my mother, my all of them. They would they would go to and they would go to the spa in Minnesota, or in the Twin Cities. Uh, there was a word I kept hearing. It was called Schwitz. I didn't know what it meant. It meant hot. And they would have steam baths in all the private clubs, and it was more like a social thing. So the, the spas were social, healing, medical, and fun. Is there, is there a good Schwitz around here? You know, they're going to be opening up one, I think, at that new spa, at the spa hotel downtown on Indian. I would imagine they would. Well, I, I could what, use a Schwitz. Yeah, what about uh, Sensei Spa that's now at Porcupine Creek? I know it's it's a private resort, right? Well, that 213 acres is kind of a mystery. Yeah. And Do you know about this? Is that Larry Ellison's property? Larry Ellison's yeah. property. There's an 18-hole golf course up there. Gorgeous. Beautiful. When the Blixes owned it, there used to be parties there all the time. That was that was uh, definitely at the party place. Yeah. Uh, you weren't here. You were too young to go. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, we have time for one more question. <laughs> uh, I, I've traveled a little bit myself. I haven't been to many spas, but I discovered that there's a different word that is used in other countries called hammams? Hammams, yes. That's right. Can you tell me the difference between a hammam and a spa, or is it just a language thing? Well, I think the big difference is the content of the water. Okay. They, it's analyzed like chemistry. 
and uh, hammams are now that word is used in in uh, the major hotels throughout the world. Uh, like the Four Seasons, they have. Is it, is it just a, a nicer phrase than saying spa? You're going to go to the hammam. Well, it shows that you've been around town. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's going to be. I think the new one, the new spa that's opening up here, the Agua Caliente, is going to be very well received because the one they have on the freeway has already uh, received stars from Forbes. Oh, the Sunstone. Yeah. Yeah. So the spas here also thermal water or? Well, I would say for the most part, the, the water source is authentic because the Agua Calientes used it. And even when uh, I was doing some uh, historical review, in the, in the 20s and 30s in Palm Springs, they had a bathhouse, the Agua Caliente tribe, and there's pictures of it. It was like a wooden shack. And that became the site of the hotel where my mother had her gift shop. And now that's where you see seven stories. And there, there's, I think, two floors dedicated to the spa hmm. and offices and a museum. Uh, I think it's the um, from the Museum of the American Indian. The big one so is in where, Washington. Where is this? Right on the corner of? Talkwitz and Indian Canyon. Right across from my star, if that isn't ironic. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Jeff, any other questions for Pam that we should ask? No, I would just say it was great to see your son, and he's now living in Athens, and he's traveled all over the world, too. Uh, he Did makes he, me didn't you say you lived in Israel for a period of time? Uh, I, I Actually, I volunteered for the uh, IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, because of Tony. I was turning 70. He says... He said, you're coming to Israel. I've already contacted, you know, the, the red tape and all that. And you're going to be at this base, which is near the Lebanese border. And I said, well, what am I going to do? He said, you're going to work on the conveyor belt, sealing up telephones. That's what I'm going to Israel for. Yes, and you're going to have, and you're coming with me, and I'm going with you, and I'm going to watch you every minute because because our, our my, my father thinks that uh, you've kind of lost it mentally. So I said, and then I became very involved with the IDF. So that's how that all started. And I, he's gone back a couple of times. And then he, and then he was with um, uh, uh, an Israeli, British, French company that had, had TV shows in like 19 languages. But um, I, I would say that if there's something I haven't done, I'd like to do it before I turn 80. The problem is I'm turning 80 next month. Well, that's, ama that's amazing. You've got a lot, of, a lot of energy for turning 80. Yeah. So, Pam, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. I learned a little bit about spas and a lot about food and your star. Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a pod... Oh, go ahead. Uh, this <laughs> has been Getting to Know You. Thank you for listening. Uh, it can be found on Apple Podcast and other pet podcast platforms. Thank you for joining us today, Pam Price. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you. And Jeff, thank you again for bringing Pam to us.